Welcome to Grow My Grit, a new podcast celebrating grit. My name is Peter Willis, coming in from Calgary, Alberta, together with our gritty guru, Hazelon Shetmeyer, who is beaming in from Mississauga, Ontario. Here on the Grow My Grit podcast, our intention is to engage with guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles and what obstacles we faced since the beginning of 2020. However, one of the biggest opportunities for 2021 is the possibility of recreating our identities and re-engaging our relationship to both ourselves and to one another using the unique strengths we already possess and reliably bring to challenging situations. With our individual grit compass as our guide, Let's explore what's available on the other side of obstacles. Are you ready? (laughs) So, Hayes, we're going to talk about grit, default settings in the face of obstacles, which is something you are very, very uh, intimately acquainted with. Can you run us through a little bit about grit? And then we'll just have a little chat about our grit compasses and the things that uh, make grit so special. So what I do with my consulting company is focus on getting people to take the opportunity to define grit. My spin on it is really recognizing that it can often be one's default setting in the face of obstacles. So my grit is entirely different from your grit, but we are both calling on some things, some things available to us. And so with my consulting work, what I get people to do is identify a G word, an R word, an I word, and a T word that really capture that default setting in the face of obstacles. So again, just really getting that intentional definition. That's the no phase. We also get people to recognize there's the grow potential. So once you've called out your G, your R, your I, your T, you've got the opportunity to be more of one of those letters, all of those letters. Various settings might be relevant. It could be at home, school, work, rest, or play. But the idea is once you know your grit, you want to spend a little time growing your grit And then once you've thought of ways to expand, we move on to the show your grit piece. So that's kind of my interaction with the concept. Can you guide me through a little bit? And and perhaps I I can participate as well. But uh, to introduce our listeners to to grit and an actual uh, an example of how, how this might be used. Um, do you think it would be a good idea to kind of go through your G, R, I, and T, and then we can flip it around and maybe I'll, uh, I'll talk about um, my G, R, I, and T as well? I think that's a fantastic idea. And I think we can go back and forth by letter just to keep it interesting. And where we're coming from for listeners, so I use a tool called the GRIT growth guide with individuals. So it's a chance to come up with your G, your R, your I, your T. I, of course, shared it with Peter before the podcast, so he's had some time to think about it. We also get into your values, but ultimately what we're going to talk about now is our respective G, R, I, and T. So for me, my G is gratitude. In the face of obstacles, I reliably see how things could be worse. Um, Using the example of losing the best job ever and deciding to create the best job ever, my first train of thought having been laid off as a result of government cuts was, I'm grateful that we're getting three months notice as opposed to being locked out on the day of the news. I'm also grateful that the company I'm leaving is giving me a severance package to recognize the 14 years that I'd been there. And I was also grateful that I was the only person in my role at the time. So I wasn't competing with a bunch of friends and colleagues. So I was able to kind of use that. That's where my mind went. So G, my G is gratitude. I typically see how things could be worse and I'm grateful that I'm not there. Peter, what's your G? 
I think mine is going to be, uh, it would be goofy. Um, and again, in challenging situations to, to, to put that into context, um, humor, uh, something goofy, that's a default setting for me just in general. Uh, but what I find it does in, in the face of something that's a little bit difficult is it, it just gives it a little bit of, um, uh, it's like giving something a little bit of helium. So it just, it lets it float a little bit. It makes it a little bit lighter. And that certainly doesn't mean that every, all the situations don't demand, uh, some, um, a pause for thought and some serious consideration, but it does allow me to process things in a way that maybe takes the uh, initial gravity away from things. And it allows me to process something like, how can I look at this and, and turn it into something perhaps uh, positive or at least, or at least look at it in a, in a light that um, kind of allows me to look at something that everything's going to be okay. We just have to get through this situation and goofy as a, as my G word is, is a little bit like humor. It's just trying to bring something light into it, which of course doesn't mean that there isn't gravity to the situations. It just helps me deal with them initially uh, and then work to a, a solution from there. So I, mm -hmm. I find that goofy is a, is a, is a good one for my G. Lots of giggles. <laughs> Thank you for that context again for your G because it's specific to each of us. And I love that you're coming from different places to describe how we manage situations. I think maybe just for a second here, this might be a, a spot to, to actually connect on that for a second and just say to anyone who's listening here, uh, are the context for us coming from different places, but our history together and how long we've known each other yeah. uh, and just kind of what that, what that journey was like just for 30 seconds here and, and how we've known each other since, is it 1986, 1987? I want to say December 11th or December 4th, because I remember things like that but I won't get too specific. But yes, we've been friends since 1987. Fantastic. So we've been on quite a few uh, journeys together. And then obviously we had some time apart mm -hmm. and now we've uh, reconnected, uh, which is amazing. And that, that connectivity piece is uh, an amazing part of, uh, it probably is going to tie into many of the conversations we have about, uh, about grit and, and what you do mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So it's great to be reconnected. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And how, how about your R, Hayes? Can you, can you throw your R at us? I sure can. My R is resilient. I tend not to take a lot personally for very long. So I consider resilience to be my kind of default setting in the face of obstacles. As much as things may feel like there's a cascade of events, I typically don't end up on the bottom of the ocean. I just kind of never lose sight of the surface. So I have that buoyancy is kind of where I go with it. And resilient is the, the R word that sits well for me. In addition to that, what I find is my brain will consider opportunities and situations within the settings that allow me to feel that what I have, I can take with me. So using the example, again, of losing the best job ever and choosing to create the best job ever. In the workplace, in the role that I had, my brain was the most important resource on the job. I was a learning and development consultant. So a lot of what I did was based on my ideas and my brain was coming with me. So I wasn't reliant on a certain kind of technology or a certain kind of interaction in the workplace. I was resilient in that obstacle in that I can create new work because my brain is coming with me. So my R is resilient. I was, uh, I was just thinking as you were talking there, I was going to quote meatloaf, which is, uh, who knows how appropriate that is, but, um, he says, you took the words right out of my mouth, right? So I thought maybe I just pulled that one out. Uh, anyway, um, 1970s reference for all of our listeners there from uh, Bad Out of Hell. <laughs> anyway, so resilience is also uh, also the, the word that I chose to represent R. Um, mm. 
And again, many of the things that you said are, are certainly I relate to as well. In terms of why I would choose resilience for an, an example that go would go with it. So I, I've spent most of most of my life certainly um, up to my neck in artistic endeavors. If not, if that hasn't been what's been putting bread on the table for my family, it's certainly been the thing that's been um, uh, uh, the recipient of most of my attention for all of my life. And I think there are so many, with so many things, but art is a, is one for sure that really lends itself to, it's a it's an environment that lends itself to criticism and self-doubt and all kinds of things. Um you know, putting yourself out there on any platform, whether it's writing a book, which we'll talk about, uh, which you've done a few times and you've got another one coming, which is fantastic. And whether it's putting out some music, whether it's making a film, any of these kind of artistic endeavors, you're really putting yourself out there for, um, for analysis, really. And resilience is, um, has been key to being able to to bounce back and also to to learn how to accept that and learn how to um, learn how to take uh, criticism or feedback in general. Um, it's not so much a, a thick skin per se, but it's just you, you have to have a lens to put on these things um, uh, and be resilient to be able to to, to deal with um, uh, well uh, criticisms and uh, challenges that come your way. So I would say resilience as well for me. For me, my eye in the face of obstacles is imagination. And I take that because my brain, I talk about my brain a lot like it's a separate entity, but it really is the engine behind so much of what I do. When things are tough or challenging, my brain can reliably see about 30 to 60 different ways things could turn out. So again, losing the best job ever, it might be that I'm going to create the best job ever and I can imagine how that would look. There are lots of different best jobs ever. I ended up making the real best job ever, but my default setting in the face of obstacles is for sure to start picturing opportunities. And I often say that I believe in abundance. So it's that idea that there is definitely another opportunity if I continue to try all these different ideas that have come my way. And at the same time, that is motivation to keep trying things because I keep imagining other things. So if this didn't work out, well, maybe that was the wrong avenue and maybe this one will work. And oh, wait, that idea is there too. And it's interesting because for me, it's very internal. So all of that is happening in my mind. It's less about choosing based on what's environmentally outside of me. It's really coming from inside. So in the face of challenging situations and obstacles, my imagination is my eye. Well, I, I like the, I like the graph, the, so twice, maybe three times now, we talk about your brain being a, a separate entity, but connected. And I just think of you carrying your brain around in a suitcase while you go traveling around. <laughs> Sometimes Oops. I think my body is the vessel or the vehicle for my brain. So my body is just <laughs> carrying my brain around. So I've got a, I got a great picture in my head to go with this for the next uh, <laughs> for the next little bit. My um, my eye would be uh, 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 intimate or intimacy uh, in challenging situations, um, and to apply that to something different uh, for for work, for example, challenging work situations. What I've what I have found uh, recently is that um, intimacy. Uh, I, I it doesn't always necessarily mean a uh, romantic intimacy, obviously, but it does. Mean mean kind of transparency and vulnerability and the ability to communicate with the best intentions. That's what intimacy means to me. And so at work, when I'm faced with a, a really challenging situation, I, I, I find more and more that the more um, honest and transparent uh, I can be in that situation, 
it diffuses it. So if there's a if there's a challenge, if there's a conflict, what it does is that everyone puts their knives away. Really, once once they see that someone is being uh, transparent, honest, they're showing their vulnerabilities. Uh, that to me is 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 a, a version of being intimate in a situation, and it it just de-escalates things very very quickly, and everyone can see that we're working together, hopefully, uh, to get to a, a common ground. Um, and so in a work situation, I find that that transparency and vulnerability all translates into uh, intimacy that really, really helps move uh, conflicts or otherwise. It moves situations in the right direction and uh, and really helps kind of grease the rails to getting to where you need to go and uh, and feeling good about yourself and others as you do it. Mm-hmm. What I love about that definition is that there's that forward motion in mind as difficult situations can sometimes feel stuck, but you're inherently seeing the potential for progress or movement. So that was super goosebumpy. (laughs) For me, my T is time. And so I very much recognize that time is a finite resource. There is a limited amount of it. We are not here forever. And so when difficult situations or challenging situations occur, one of my first thoughts is, okay, if I need to be sad, frustrated, angry, embarrassed, vulnerable, whatever that feeling is, anytime I'm in that mindset could be time spent in another mindset. So it might be that, you know, that was insulting, or this was really scary and disappointing. I'm going to give myself two hours to kind of sit with that, depending again on the nature of the event and the the intensity, but I'm going to come up with a bit of a time limit. So I feel what I need to feel. I'm going to deal with it, and then I'm going to move on to something else. So I often say feel, heal, and then deal with what's real in terms of what's happening outside of your body. But for me, very much that time piece continues to drive me in the direction of making something happen, making something different, and choosing where to spend my time is absolutely up to me. So when faced with challenging situations, T, time definitely takes up space and is a driving force for me. What I, what I liked about what you were saying there as well, and I think is super important, we'll probably get to it in, in forthcoming episodes, but is that ability, is that none of us are perfect, really. And so there's that issue where uh, you're experiencing something and it's not sitting right with you. So you give yourself time, as you've indicated, to get better with it, right? And to figure out how you're going to go forward with it. Um, and that's really important, I think, is that no one's achieving perfection out of this. This compass, their guidelines, and it's very, very helpful, mm-hmm. but there are bumps in the road for for sure. And being able to, again, talk about that is uh, is so important that we're not coming from a place where we always knock this out of the park every time. We're just always striving for betterment, really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My, my, my T word would be similar to, um, uh, to your I word and your, yours was imagination. Mine is, mine is tempted or temptation. Um, and how I would correlate that really is that in, in a challenging situation, um, temptation to me is seeing almost everything that would be possible, right? Uh, not all of those are going to be the great answers. Some of them may be good, but th- you're certainly seeing a, um, uh, a wide range of options, uh, just like your imagination, trying to figure out how many options are available. And by being tempted by everything, it's a bit of a, uh, a yin-yang. Uh, of course, there's a downside to that, but there's a plus side to that. And that's, um, that's being able to bring a lot to the table and, and, and knowing that there's not just one way out of a situation or one way forward. There's many different takes on a, on a situation. And what I love about how we complement and contradict each other in that definition, I hear temptation as things happening around you 
that engage as opportunities. Whereas for me, imagination is totally happening in my head. It's things I'm seeing, things I'm creating, and then deciding to make possible. So again, we are approaching default, we're approaching challenging situations by processing different information. There's the temptation piece, which I hear as what's out there. And then the imagination piece, which I also hear as what's upstairs and there's no mm. right or wrong it's just a question of where is our attention and that's again another one of those awesome topics of where are we getting information up here or out there in terms of um we 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 mentioned briefly about uh writing and the arts etc and i just wanted to tie that in here uh quickly um for our listeners uh that you have a, a book on the way that also helps kind of explore uh grit and your uh, your personal lens that you put on uh, on on grit and how to deliver this kind of messaging to people and i just before we uh, sign off on the initial episode here i just thought maybe we could uh, we could talk about that briefly or you could just mention it the context for the book is that grit growth guide. And the idea here is that it's a tool that I use with clients, giving you a chance to define your grit, identify some areas of change that you would consider in the name of growth and showing your grit, as well as some of the value. So what I did was I provided that grit growth guide to 16 friends and family members and invited them to complete it for themselves. So the book is a combination of your own copy of the Grit Growth Guide so you as a reader can describe your grit. It also includes the questions that I ask when I'm supporting a consulting opportunity, really getting people. So once you know your grit, here are some questions to reflect on that experience for you. If you choose to grow your grit, you're looking to do a little more with it. I have a series of questions that I would ask someone taking that step. And then if you choose to show your grit, there's another set of questions as well. So the first part of the book is essentially a workbook for anyone who's interested to be able to define his or her grit and take action with that. The rest of the book is 16 examples. So like I said, I gave this compass, this grit growth guide to 16 different people, got 16 different compasses back, 16 different combinations of G-R-I-N-T, as well as 16 different stories of what it was like coming up with that definition and living from that definition. Some contributions are two pages. One I think is 17 pages. One is 19 pages, but again, 16 different people from different backgrounds, ages, cultures, had 16 different experiences. So the book is a chance to learn, be educated, be entertained by regular people doing this work. And it comes out March 13th. Yeah. Awesome. March 13th sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. And it could be as well uh, going forward that we may have a guest or two that's going to appear on the podcast and we'll be able to uh, speak with them and you'll be able to ask them questions and they'll be able to reflect upon their uh, their own experiences with Grit as well. So that's something that, that we'll be bringing to the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. And we'd love to hear from listeners in whatever communication makes sense to kind of get a sense of what else. What are some default settings that you find to be what drives you? And at the same time, what are some challenging situations and obstacles? What are some topics where we can apply grit that might be of interest to listeners? We'd love to hear that from you. And Hayes, um, I guess we'll be uh, we'll be connecting again in another uh, in another week or so, and we're going to continue our our journey and hopefully bring some others along for the ride. Is that about right? That sounds absolutely perfect. Even though Great. perfection is not a striving destination, <laughs> <laughs> it just comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That sounds fantastic. I'll say that again. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. Grow My Grit with your hosts, Hayes Shetmeyer and Peter Willis is a production of Gritty Guru Company. 
Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. For more information about Hayes' book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com. 